So T-Pain literally made $40 million plus and lost everything. And he recently went on to Steve-O's podcast, you know, from like Jackass and all that kind of stuff, to basically talk about it as well. And it was, an, it was a very interesting conversation and we're going to like break it down. But the thing is, it's like thing right like a lot of people don't really understand this but a lot of people who are in the music industry who are professional athletes who are movie actors and people who are just like normal people with just a very high paying job that suddenly get like hit and smacked around with like crazy life-changing money they think that this is going to last them forever and Pretty much it never does, no matter how good you are, right? It's just like you feel like, oh, I'm making a million dollars a year. Well, that's going to just keep on growing. I'm going to make $2 million a year. Or at the bare minimum, I'm always going to be able to make a million dollars a year. And that's usually never the case. So let's actually uh, pay attention to this. By the way, a side note, right? If you haven't heard T-Pain, like, literally just sing, and I mean just sing, not use, like, autotune or anything like that, he's an amazing singer. It's commendable, and, and, and a real indication of that is admitting with the fake jewelry. For like sure. So, so the reason, you know, everybody asks me, why are you so transparent? Why are you so vulnerable and stuff like that? And I'm just like, uh, if I would have had the, uh, the information beforehand I would have done better in my career I would have been bigger I would never would have gone broke I would have never done anything but everybody before me that I had to look up to they were just like no this is great once you start rapping it's gonna be it's gonna just money all the time so you heard that statement right like He's basically saying that like when he like first started to get big right like when he started to really start to get traction right? If someone, anyone just told him like, hey, this is not going to last forever, his whole life could actually be completely different, right? Meaning he could be much further than he is right now. He could be a bigger star. He could have been a bigger star than he was. And he was a massive star, right? He could have done so many more features. He could have signed more people. He could have had his hands into multiple businesses because of the amount of money that he was actually making. Because again, he was making a lot of money. So basically, it's just saying, like, if I was just told something, anything, like, hey, this is not going to last forever. <laughs> Nothing's ever going to happen, man. Nothing bad's ever going to happen. Your family's not going to come after you. Nothing's going to happen. It's just, just rap, and it's just girls and swimming pools after this. <laughs> and see, this is the sad thing. Right. Because, you know, he's laughing about it because, you know, he's moved on from it and he's gotten a lot better financially. But if you've ever seen a rap music video, that is literally what is sold. Like that dream life is basically what's sold in literally every single rap video, R&B video, all that kind of stuff. Right. It's like they sell this sort of lifestyle that's not actually the case. Right. Because if they're actually living that lifestyle, very quickly they will lose everything. It's like the same thing where these rappers are like 
you know, rapping about committing crimes, right? Well, if they were actually committing those crimes, guess what? They would be in prison and you end up having a lot of rappers end up actually going to prison because they were actually doing those crimes that they were rapping about, right? So this is the thing, right? Because he believed that basically what all these people portrayed was like true and it wasn't the case. This is the thing, right? Like it is so common, and yet there's so many of these stars that are so ashamed of them being bad with their money because they don't want to be a laughing stock. They want to be like honest and open, like, oh yeah, I made like five million my first year, and I literally lost every single cent of it, and then some. Meaning they probably spent like six million dollars when they made five million that year, so they had to literally take out loans. Because they were going into debt because they had no money, even though they made $5 million, right? And you see this a lot, and I mean a lot. Literally, next time you see a professional athlete, let's just use a professional athlete because it's the most simple thing. Next time you see someone who's a professional athlete that signs a contract worth seven figures plus, see how they live their life. And you'll see very quickly, like, oh, this individual's going to be very stupid with their money, right? Because typically, the only athletes that end up actually doing well financially are two types. Ones whose skills and also just luck on their side that they don't really ever get severely hurt are able to sustain them for decades and then where they end up basically signing like lifetime deals with like companies or brands and all that kind of stuff, right? Or the other type of athlete where they completely screw up their first contract, meaning they spend all of their money in their first contract and then some, realize how screwed up they did this, right? Like how much they actually screwed up their massive contract and then ended up Basically, like when they actually got good enough and like they signed a second contract, they're like, okay, I screwed up on my first contract. I will not screw up anymore financially. I'm going to hire a financial advisor. I'm going to put money in the bank account. I'm going to pay off all these homes for like my family and me so that I'm set for life. So that even if I were to get a job, I wouldn't have to like pay for my house anymore. All that kind of stuff, right? And that's where you see typically happen more so in that scenario because it's very very rare for 
a athlete to really last long enough in their field to get to the point where they're making so much money that it's almost impossible for them to actually run out of money because they end up signing like a literal lifetime deal. Like, you know, I believe like LeBron James signed like a billion dollar deal or like uh, the number one soccer player, uh, Christian Renato or something. He signed like a $1 billion lifetime deal kind of stuff, right? Like in that specific scenario, it's going to be really hard to actually spend all of your money regardless because you're just going to have residual income all the time. But still. It's just going to be money, always. Nobody's ever been like, so this goes away after a while. <laughs> and, 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 nobody has, and nobody's ever offered that. And I feel like I have... A responsibility and a service to the people that are coming after me to like guys remember how great i was that shit goes away after yeah. a while and, and-, and see here's the thing right because you know he's open about it it's like hey i was big i was a massive star but it does not last and here's the things that happen to show you the patterns that it might be coming it might be coming here's Here's how you know you're running out of money. Here's how when you when you call your fucking uh, uh, when you call your it's your finance team yeah. when you call your finance team and they're, and they're like you may not want to grab this this fourth house. Yeah. <laughs> now here's the thing, right? Like there's nothing necessarily wrong with having multiple properties, right? But I mean he'll get into it a little bit later on, but um, it's actually really bad the way he went about his money like really bad to even like a bigger extent than most people would actually do but again it's not uncommon in this type of industry like yeah okay when you start hearing shit like that maybe right. maybe stop buying jewelry <laughs> <laughs> and this is another thing right because again there's nothing wrong with necessarily buying jewelry like here's the thing this is the simple concept about finance that people need to understand you just need to spend less than what you make and for the most part you'll live a pretty simple and pretty good well-off life right just following that simple concept you'll live a pretty well-off life right regardless of how much money you're making because it's all about how much you're actually saving and then investing right but again there's also another thing to really understand too right Let's say that you were to actually make a a decent amount of money, right? Let's say you're able to make like six figures a year, right? So you want to splurge, you want to buy like a Rolex or like an iced out Rolex or whatever kind of stuff, right? Or like diamond jewelry, whatever it is that, you know, rocks your boat. You got to ask yourself, okay, I budgeted for it. I'm spending less than I make. I'm not in debt. And I could literally burn the same amount of money and not literally care about it, right? It's not, it's not going to change me on a life financially, right? Then go ahead and buy it. But another way to really think about it too, right, is ask yourself, okay, will I feel any different if I were to buy a rural iced out Rolex or a fake jewelry version of an iced out Rolex for like, Less than $100, right? And the thing is, you could actually just go and buy the cheaper version and see how you feel with it and be like, okay, well, you know what? I kind of want the real thing now, right? Or you could end up, you know, 
buying the really crappy thing and basically be like, you know what? Yeah, it does look good, but I'm not feeling it. I don't think it'd be worth spending like 10 grand, 20 grand, or 100 grand, or whatever it is you're going to spend on an iced out Rolex. Like, it's just not worth the money, right? Like, the same concept is like, okay, let's say that you want to buy like a supercar, like a Lamborghini, right? And a lot of people have like the dream of buying their dream car, like a Lamborghini. Well, instead of just outright buying the car, how about just spend like one or two grand renting a Lamborghini for like a day or a week or weekend, right? Truly enjoy it, right? And be like, okay, after it, do I still want to actually go and buy a Lamborghini, right? Like another way to really think about it is like, once you have that item in like your everyday life, how much does it actually change what you thought it was going to change or make you feel in your everyday life, right? Because look, it'd be fun to drive a Lamborghini, right? But if you're dealing with a lot of traffic, does it necessarily matter what you end up driving because you're going to have to deal with other people while in traffic? Like if you're in like stop and go traffic, that's probably going to be really annoying driving a Lamborghini because then you're going to just have people like literally just staring at you the whole time. Let's let's not look at a, at a Bugatti. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> let's not look at a Bugatti. I bought my Bugatti, and uh, it was fine. I was I was fine. And, and you, bought, you bought it for two point one million dollars. Two point one million dollars. And then you very shortly thereafter you found out that you were actually broke, and you sold it for all they gave you was eight hundred thousand. Yeah. So it was. So think about that, right? Like, so he literally brought his uh, Bugatti. Right, which is a supercar. Well, technically, it's a hypercar, so even a higher level than a supercar, right? He spent like the two point something plus million dollars brand new on that car, right? Realized he was broke and realized that he needed to sell his car at a loss to just have some sort of money, right? And he couldn't even get 50% of what he actually bought it for. And it was like very quick, like less than a year, I believe, of him actually owning the Bugatti. And the thing is, Bugatti specifically have one of the highest cost of maintenance ever. Like they have like tires that you got to spend like 40 grand a year on the just the tires, like 10 grand a year on oil changes. Like it's absolutely absurd. So you got to factor that in as well. So you're talking about like 50 to 100 grand in just maintenance that is required for that car. That is literally required when you own that car every single year, right? Which, you know, think about it. Let's just say he were to get like a cheaper supercar, like a Lamborghini. You would not have the same maintenance cost, right? You have like probably like two grand a year for maintenance. You have cheaper insurance. You'd still have a lot of fun and you wouldn't have spent two point something million dollars to drive a supercar going the speed limit, right? Or even better yet, you could have just bought like a muscle car. You could have bought like a Corvette. You could have bought something cheaper, right? So again, it's like it's all about like where you are financially and what you are okay with literally burning away, right? And if you can burn a certain amount of money where it does not affect you financially, then it doesn't matter what you buy or drive, right? Like if you want to just, you know, burn 200 grand to buy a Lamborghini and burn all the maintenance costs and gas costs, right? And you're in the financial position to do that, then go ahead and do that. You have the right to go and do that, right? But you should only do that if you could actually handle the burden, meaning that you could do that without it actually having any impact on your life. It's like renting a car.
in the car. And then I was like, hey, since I got this Bugatti, you know, I need another house. I can probably take this, I can probably take this one. There, 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 these uh, people just moved out of a house that's literally connected to my house. So, you know, we can just walk a path. And it was like, you, you, uh, you, you don't have any more money. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, what? Say it again. Right. No. <laughs> no. I was like, yeah, you don't, you, 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 you don't, you don't have any more money. And I was like, how, how did you let that happen? And they were like, well, right. How did you let that right. happen? <laughs> and see, here's the thing, right? You could kind of see where this is going if you end up stumbling upon this, right? But he literally had someone managing his money that was horrible at managing his money and also kind of a. Uh, bad in certain ways which he'll get into a little bit later but um it also goes to show you how little he personally had no idea what was coming in and what was going out and the thing is you might be listening to this or you might be watching this right this is a common thing you could probably go to 10 people that you know and probably about seven to ten of oh, seven to nine of them out of the ten that you ask probably do not know what's coming in or what's going out <laughs> all too often it's actually a case where the the management the yeah you know, the business manager all the you know the people are actually stealing but that wasn't the case with that you. wasn't the case with this was that just, wasn't the, i mean it was a combination of it Okay. Yeah, so it was it- So basically he's basically saying like, you know, it was kind of the case of basically his money actually literally getting stolen from him, but also his negligence, right? Basically his financial illiteracy that's also affected it. It was you know, they were having fun with funds, but still not saying when it was running out. Right. Because they knew if I would have known that I was running out, I would have stopped making mm. it. The party's over. Right. For oh, everybody. Shit. For everybody. So uh, don't don't let him know that he well, doesn't yeah, have but, any money because if he stops trying to make money, we're not going to get it. They're like calling you like, when are you going to make another album? Right. I don't know why I just did. But to be fair... To be fair, I did see in an interview you said that it was your choice not to even uh, have access to your bank accounts to ever know what was in there. Yeah, I didn't want to know. Because, because <laughs> I didn't want to know because I was led to believe that this is going to, it's only going to grow. Right. Why would I, why would I, what am I going to, you know, how much more money I have? Let's see, this is the thing, like this is the bad That's the problem, right? Like, they don't care 
what ends up happening to your own money that you are making, that you are putting the work in. So you got to understand that, like, you could hire a financial advisor, but in the grand scheme of things, they care, they're going to care more about themselves than you. End of story, right? And that's just human nature. So don't have this fake belief in your mind that this is going to last forever because it never does. Nothing in life ever lasts forever. debt-free, right? No credit card debt, no student loan debt, no car loan payment, no mortgage, right? But mortgage, you should kind of consider a little bit separately, but you should still pay that off as fast as you can. So that you're in, like, so in your life, you would have no payments that you owe anyone. Then what you could do, which is where you could do coasting in a sense, is put your money in investments where you don't necessarily need to care about it really ever. 
And that's like putting money into like an index fund that tracks the S&P 500. You could put that in mutual funds, right? You could contribute to your 401k that has a match. You can invest into your Roth IRA so that if you have a million dollars in there when you retire, you actually have a million dollars in there when you actually take it out. So you could do things like that and you could automate all those things to not really think about it too much. But you pay attention like once a month, like, okay, what is my account doing? Okay, it's up, it's down. You don't really care too much about it because over time it's going to increase because there's investments out there that exist that have averaged over 10 plus years, right? Of a average annual return of like seven to 15% every single year, right? So you could automate these things to where you don't necessarily care about it. But you still got to pay attention and be like, okay, well, this month was a little bit down, but, you know, I'm up overall like 30, 40% in the portfolio, right? So that's what I mean by coasting. Even I was telling my wife, like, I didn't, it got so bad, I didn't live with my wife, like, for like three years. And I was... Now that's depressing. Because I was like, if you live with me, I'm not going to be able to pay attention to my career. Oh. And I was like, you got to live in a different house, everything. And it was so crazy. It How was much just, of that was a smokescreen for like... All of it. <laughs> all of it. Right. All of it was just like, I can't be held. You know what I'm saying? It was, right. You know, you know what I mean? It was just like, it, I, it, it, there's no there's no way for me to maintain this lifestyle. There's no way for me to... You know, I always tell people the hardest thing about being number one is staying number one. Sure. So I was so upheld with that. I was just like, nothing else can come into my life right now. Right. And I was already married for fucking four years. And I was just like, you got to stay in a different city. And I can't... So it started out a different house and then it had to be a different city. (laughs) So I was just like, okay, nobody can talk to me. Don't nobody talk to me. I need to stay number one. Nothing... And nothing needs to fuck with me right now. And then turns out it was me that was fucking with me. I just tell you. And see, that's the thing, right? I mean, that's basically the end of this. So, this is the thing because he could have helped himself by having his wife around him. And basically, she could basically just like, I'm like, hey, what the hell are you doing? You're completely screwing up, right? And that could have helped him out of this really bad, you know, funk, right? But either way, I find this, you know, episode from uh, Steve Oswald Ride to be very informative and it could actually help out a lot of people who stumble upon this, right? Because again, a lot of people have this belief that just because you make a lot of money means that you're going to be guaranteed rich for the rest of your life and that is not the case, right? It does not matter how much money you make. It only matters how much you keep and invest. That's the only thing. If you cannot follow the simple principle of spending less money than what you make, you're going to be screwed no matter how much money you end up making. So if you are wanting to master your money and get out of debt, so this does not happen to you, where you're not in a situation where you make millions of dollars and literally lose everything, or you just make a decent income and feel like you're too poor to be so broke, go check out 40 
to learn the secret to mastering your money and getting out of debt because anyone can get out of debt and have a very strong financial foundation to where they have a little bit more freedom in the sense of like being able to go to the grocery store and not necessarily caring about how much you actually spend or caring what you actually put into your cart. Like you want to be able to get to that point in your life where, oh yeah, I just put stuff in my cart in the grocery store and I literally just don't care, right? You want to get to that point in your life. Now you should still be aware of it because you want to practice good financial sense, but you want to get to the point where like, if you just want to do that one day, you can, right? Because you can and it won't affect you at all. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by our personal finance courses. So if you have problems with mastering your money and you need help, go down below and learn how to master your money. And this is a plan that anyone of any income level can follow. It is simple and easy to follow for any income level in any situation and it's very straight to the point. And if you want to learn how to make money online, go down below as well. And we'll see you in future episodes.